wonderful first week of the new year. Amen. Glory to God. If you missed last week's message, it's available online. You definitely want to get a hold of it. We talked about what progress looks like. We discovered that progress is a process. Amen. Uh, Many times, you know, we start something new and we get discouraged along the way. You know, it's not where we start that's discouraging. It's not where we end up it's that's discouraging. It's the path and the struggles that we face along the way. And uh, so uh, we've got to understand that moving forward does not happen overnight. Amen. You know, it's difficult to move forward when we're thinking backwards. I'll say that again because you might want to. You might want to get a hold of that later on this week or maybe in June or July or September. Somewhere down the road, you might want to get a hold of the fact that it is difficult to move forward when you're thinking backwards. I've discovered that where my mind is is where my life goes. Where my mind is is where my life goes. So if I want to get somewhere in my life, I've got to first get there in my thinking and in my mind. That's why. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul says, renew your minds if you want to transform your life. Amen. Amen. So we want to transform some things in our lives this year. You're going to have to first get your thinking straight. You got to quit thinking like last year. You got to quit thinking on the failures and the mistakes and the past and and all the stuff that haunts you. We've got to change in our mind before we change in our lives. And I hope that I can uh, move us forward a little bit. I was actually going to start a, a, a new series of messages today, and the Lord put me on hold, so we'll probably initiate that next week. I've got a message for you today calling called Embracing Limitation. Embracing Limitation. And um, I believe that it will set us up for where God wants us to to move beginning next week in our church. And in Acts chapter 3, we see a man... That's been afflicted with the limitation. Acts chapter 3 verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer in the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb. Lame from his mother's womb. This tells us that he has known nothing different. The limitation that he's been afflicted with, he has had all his life. He doesn't know what it's like to walk. He doesn't know what it's like to put one foot in front of the other, to get out of the bed and plant your feet on the ground and then push up using your feet and the the muscles in your legs and the muscles in your calves and, and your ankle bones coming together and moving you upright in your joints. Uh, in your knees, straightening you up so you could stand and then taking steps. He's never known this. He's never known what that's like. This is a limitation that he's, he's never seen himself outside of. And so it says here that uh, they laid him, whom they laid daily at the gate at the temple, which is called beautiful. They. Who's they? Apparently he has uh, befriended some people that have seen him, his affliction and have helped him in his affliction. They have been his strength. In his weakness. Amen. Kind of see where we're going now. Who they laid at the uh, laid daily at the gate at the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple. 
He may not have been able to get there on his own, but he knew where to go. Amen. Okay. Get excited with me now. Verse three, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Notice what he's asking for. He's he's asking for money and fixing his eyes on him with John. Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And watch this. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entering the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Limitations, embracing limitation. There's two different kinds of limitations in our lives. There's two different kinds of limitations in our lives. Number one are the limitations that you're born with. They're infused in you. Um, I like to use the term deficient by design. We're all deficient by design. What does that mean? That means that nobody in this room, nobody that's ever been on this planet has had all of it, all of what you need or everything that moves you forward on your own. God put us in a position way back in the garden in Genesis where we not only needed to rely on him through our limitations, we needed to rely on others in our limitations. And see, some of us have disregarded or pushed away relationships that God has sent to us to encourage us and move us forward. And this might be the year, this might be the year that you need to embrace some relationships that maybe you didn't think could get you anywhere. And we've got to recognize, first of all, I don't have everything that it takes. Now, that might sound like an easy assumption to come to uh, because we all have weaknesses. And you know, as well as I do, that a lot of us like to look at our weaknesses more than our strengths. Or maybe not like to, but we do. Right? Uh, it's amazing, man. I've gotten around some people that I think very highly of. I've gotten around some people that uh, 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 are, are up there in, in my eyes. I'm thinking, man, they got it together. I, I need to hook up with this person. I need to be around this individual. And what I see is their strengths. And I get around them and it doesn't take very long, few days, few weeks, that they start talking to me about their weaknesses. And isn't that how it is, that we, we see our weaknesses in spite of our strengths? Here's another danger that we do, guys. We compare our weaknesses to somebody else's strengths. <laughs> we compare areas that we're weak in. We compare areas that we're deficient in, and we say, I wish I was like them. And rather than acknowledge that they've got a weakness as well, we just look at all their strengths and act like they've got it all together. The old people want to be young. And the young people want to be old. Amen. 
We always look at someone else's. And so we're looking across the room. We're looking from the outside looking in and the inside looking out, wishing we were the other rather than acknowledging I've got a strength and a weakness and you've got a strength and a weakness. And when we come together, we're all strong. See, that's why uh, uh, God told Paul over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Throw that one up there for me. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made what? Perfect. Could it be that God has the strength, but it's not perfect in us? He said, I've got strength, but it only becomes perfect when you acknowledge the weakness where I can come and fill the void. As long as you keep trying to fill your weakness on your own, I can't ever fill it with my strength. Amen. See, this is what we got to understand, guys, that if it, any progress always confronts limitation. Any progress always confronts limitation. If you're progressing in anything in your life, you will you will hit a limitation. It doesn't matter where you want to progress. It doesn't matter where you want to be better at. It doesn't matter what you want to become. It doesn't matter what area of your life you will confront a limitation. Progress always confronts limitations. Always. You look at anybody that has ever progressed to any area in their lives and they have confronted some kind of limitation. And the first limitation that we have to confront are those that we are born with. Those that we can't change. Those that they're a part of our DNA. They're a part of our character. And guess what? God put it there on purpose. So you would, number one, learn to rely on him. Number two, learn to rely on those that he places around you. But see, sometimes we have relationships that only enable our weakness rather than push us past our weakness. And now we've got to identify the right relationship. Now we've got to identify the right surroundings. Amen. The right environment. Is your environment keeping you where you are or is your environment pushing you past where you ever thought you could go? What are you surrounding yourself with? What environment in, are you in? Well, it, you know, the, the, the people that keep you where you are, I'll tell you right now, that's the easy road and that's the feel-good road. Maybe, maybe what we're capable of we're not comfortable with. Maybe what my capacity is, is beyond my comfort zone. Could it be that what I'm capable of, I'm not comfortable with? I was watching yesterday, my wife and I, we felt really weird yesterday because it's not very often that we can just get up, uh, even on a weekend, and, and, and just hang out. <laughs> chill and i'm not good at that anybody that knows me real well i don't I, I my wife even looked at me we were just sitting there just watching tv hanging out with camden and she's like you okay <laughs> she could tell i'm fidgeting i'm like you know and back of my mind i'm thinking there's something that's not getting done i'm supposed to be somewhere i was supposed to call somebody i was supposed to meet somebody for lunch or breakfast i was supposed to be at what's going on at the church was i in my, in my late you know they all but no it's literally a day we could just hang out and so uh, we were just, uh, you know, watching random stuff, 
you know, whatever. And there's a show on, I'm sure some of you have heard, it, heard of it, called The Apprentice. And this one was called The Celebrity Apprentice. Uh, had Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is the boss, I guess. And they have celebrities, like six men and six women, celebrities, like well-known, you know, celebrities. John Lovitz was in there and um, Snooki. I don't know what a Snooki is, but she was in there. Uh, um, you know, just different individuals, athletes, musicians, actors, comedians, whatever. And um, there was, at the end is, you know, they all have to take on a task. They have to do an assignment. They have to do a task, and they do it as a team. And there's a project manager. And at the very end, there's this opportunity where, uh, you know, depending on the outcome, only one team wins. In this instance, the women lost. And so the project manager for the women had to choose two people that she wanted to set up to fire who didn't contribute. And the the project manager, the woman, um, I think she was a Olympic basketball um, individual. She was a famous basketball player. And um, so she, she's like, you know, this, this is hard. You know, Arnold is, he's pressing her. You got to give me a name. Give me a name. You got to tell me someone, somebody that you want to let go, somebody you want to fire, somebody you, you got to put it down. And she's just having a hard time with this. Just produce, you know, just, you know, she's going on and on and on talking and talking. And she's just kind of trying to get out of it in one sense. And he said, what? you know, he just looked at her and said, what's your problem? And she said, well, I'm just, I, I'm just not comfortable with that. You know, I'm just not comfortable in, in ratting people out or, or putting someone up that might be terminated. That's just not, that's not me. And, and he said this. He said, when I went after being Mr. Olympia, I didn't go after it with the, designa- the, with the designation that I would do it as long as I was comfortable. He said, the strength that I gained and the, the body that I built was because I went in saying, whatever comfortability I have in my life, I'm willing to step past that. He said, I was seven-time Mr. Olympia because comfort zones weren't an issue for me. See, that's the thing, guys, is that the comfort zone keeps you in your current capacity. But your current capacity does not have to define your future capability. Your current capacity does not have to define your future capability. Many of us only see a future based upon where we're currently at. Limitation. This gentleman here was born with a limitation. And guys, there's limitations that we're born born with. I want us to help differentiate between between the ones that we're born with and the ones that we self-impose. That's the second kind of limitation, those that we put on ourselves. And this is what I want to acknowledge today, and today you're going to have to be honest with yourself. Because progress always confronts limitations. Look, there's limitations in your life that you'll never get past, and you'll never overcome. And so you need, I need people to help me reach stuff really high, like Robert or Josh Hall, uh, because I wasn't blessed with height. They were. They were. Pastor Caleb, he has helped me on numerous occasions. Hey, come here. I need you. I got a weakness, and you're my strength. (laughs) And look, I could be prideful and say, don't worry, I'll get it. 
Don't worry, I, I got it. It's coming. No. I can go ahead and embrace the relationship, embrace what God has placed in my life to say, hey, I'll be your weakness in the midst of your strength. That might be a limitation for me. And look, if I give more focus to that than the strengths in my life, I'll never become what, I, what God has called me to be. That's the first limitation. Those that come with. Don't worry about your genetics. Don't worry about your DNA. Don't worry about the things that you cannot change. Start focusing on your strengths and start surrounding yourself with individuals that can help you in those moments of weakness. Amen. The second limitation that we put or that we have in our lives, though, are those that are self-imposed. And I love this story because as I was putting this together, I was, I was like, God, you got to help me with someone that was born with the deficiency but was able to push past a deficiency, able to push past a limitation. Because we all have limitations that we have put on ourselves that God never put on us. We all have limitations, and you will confront some limitations this year if you are endeavoring to progress and move forward in your life and in your marriage and in your finances, whatever it is. And many of you will say, well, I'm not Fill in the blank. But could it be that that's a limitation that we have put on ourselves that God wants us to break past? Well, I'm just not good with money. Well, have you tried to be good with money? Are we just saying that because of our past? Well, I've just, you know, I was just raised in a home where we just, you know, we weren't ever good with it. We never had a lot of money. I'll never have a lot of money. That might be another one. Well, I'll just, I'll never be able to live in that kind of house. I'll never be able to drive that kind of car. I'll, I'll never be able to, to be around that kind of group. I'll never uh, own that kind of business. I'll never be able. And we say, I'll never, as if that's just the way the book is written. That's just the way the world has been set for us. Rather than embracing the limitations that are our weaknesses and then driving past and saying, now, what are the limitations that I've put on myself that I can drive past if I just give myself the opportunity? But see, most of us don't see opposition as opportunity. And this year, you'll have to change your thinking again. You'll have to see opposition as an opportunity. I was watching last night. Saturday's just a good day for me to watch TV, apparently. I just get all kinds of messages. But I was watching ESPN last night, and they were talking about the national championship, and they were interviewing the guys from Alabama and interviewing the guys from uh, Clemson. And Clemson's already played this team. Clemson's already got beat by this team. We're actually literally 365 days uh, away from whatever you call when they play each other, a rematch. The same thing. Be real easy for Clemson to get in their head, especially going in against a team that has not lost this year. And say, well, you know, we've we've come this far. And be happy about that. Well, we're just, you know, we're just not that good. We just don't have the ability. But no, they interviewed one guy and he said, well, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. That's because he doesn't see limitations. No matter what the sportscasters say. No matter what Vegas says. No matter what people say. No matter what even their own fans say. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best. This guy didn't see opposition. He saw an opportunity to take down the number one team in the nation and be the number one team in the nation. 
How many of us approach life like how many things have you done in, in, in the last 12 months? That surpassed something you ever thought you could do. I mean, just ask yourself, just being honest, just looking on the inside. What have I embraced in the last in the last year? What did I embrace in 2016 that pushed me past my comfort zone, that pushed me beyond what I thought I was capable of, that renewed a new capacity to me that I didn't even think I had? Why? Because most of us just live within our limitations. And we think progress is bumping up against limitation and then stopping. No, progress is exceeding limitations. And you've got to be careful with that. You've got to be careful with that. I, I was talking with an individual one time, and um, at my son's school, they have this color grade, this color chart that determines their behavior for the day. Anybody familiar with that? Got a few of you. And you start out on green. And you can go down from there to yellow and then red. And they have, you know, cool little, it, it, it's not boring like I'm making it sound. My son, he could tell, tell, tell you all about it. And so they, they, they've got, you start out on green, you go down to yellow, you can go down to red. Or you can go up to blue and then purple is the top. That's the best. That's what we're striving for, purple. And the second day of school, second day of school, my son ended up on green. Second day, brand new to the system. He's in a new world. And he ended up on green because he went to yellow, and then he made it back to green. And with my son, because I'm an overachiever and because I push people way too hard uh, because of my type A personality, I said, we only accept purple in this house. There are no other colors. We have erased all the other colors. Purple is our only shot. That's it. I will only accept. And he's come home with blues. What happened? What do you mean what happened? Let me tell you what happened. I was really good, and I made it to blue. Anybody with me? Am I the only overachieving dad in here? Yeah. My son's got it rough. Y'all pray for him. He ain't, he ain't going to make it. No, he does phenomenal. And he, he, but, and, and, but I have to be careful with that. I have to be careful with that. Absolutely I do. And I joke about it, but I, I, I recognize because he got a report card a couple days ago coming back from the break. And he's doing good in just about everything, but the one thing he struggles with, just like me, is writing. Writing. He's actually doing good in math. I know a lot of you thought where I was going to say math, but he's actually doing all right. Because he ain't learning it from me. Either that or I've gotten him as far as I can get him. That's my limitation. But it's in handwriting. Which I remember when I was that young, I mean, I, I, it just took me right back to when my mom would tell me, now, we got to work on our, you're doing great in science, you're doing great in this, but your handwriting is ridiculous. I, you, you get, you're failing because they can't read what you're writing, even though you're writing the correct things. I mean, that was literally my situation. So my son is struggling a little bit there. And, 
they have, um, you know, the, the grading scale, uh, needs improvement, meets expectation, exceeds expectation. And what are we, what are we striving for? I, I know that there are, are dads in this room that you've told me, your kids, that you're just happy if they get green. If they just don't end up in the principal's office at the end of the day, they're getting candy and all kinds of stuff, man. It's like, dude, we're taking you out. We, Ruth Chris, bring it on. We, we, are, we, are, we are cooking the fatted calf, man. We are celebrating. Put the, put the ring on it. And so everybody's striving. I can't compare my strengths to your strengths. I can't compare my weaknesses to your weaknesses. But what are the limitations, though, that we have applied to ourselves? And what are you striving for that is beyond anything you've ever gone after before? We say things like, I'm not a morning person. But when have you tried to be? And y'all can laugh. I'm not standing before you as an individual that is not applying and living the very things I'm preaching. I was to go to bed at 3 o'clock in the middle of the night and wake up at 2 o'clock in the middle of the afternoon. Until I moved to St. Augustine, Florida. Lived in a military drill sergeant's home. <laughs> had me walking on the beach praying on a Saturday morning at 7.30 a.m. I don't care what time of year it is. It's cold on the beach at 7.30 in the morning. All that cold stuff comes off the water. It's like, can we go pray at Chick-fil-A or something? <laughs> Changed my life. But I had to set some things in motion. I had to change my thinking. I, I can be a morning person. We say things like, I'm not good with money. I'll never get that promotion. We, we, we cut ourselves off from things that are self-imposed limitations that God wants us to push beyond. Well, you know, I, I, I can't. I, there's no way I could pray for an hour. Yeah, I was there too. You go to hour-long morning prayer. And five minutes in, you're done. I'm serious. I'm thinking, I prayed for everything I know to pray for right now. I prayed for my neighbor's cat. Yeah. And so I start walking around so I can listen to other people's prayers. Like, yeah, that's right. Jesus' name. Yeah, we pray for that. What have you tried? What have you tried? What is it this year that you're going to try to push past? What is it this year that you've been writing yourself off of and you've been saying, I'm not that, I can't that, and God's saying, no, no, no. See, here's, here's what happens, guys, is we allow our current limitations, we allow our current limitations to dictate our future expectations. We allow our current limitations to dictate our future expectations. What was this lame man expecting? Was he expecting a hand up that would get him healed and that he'd be able to walk and leap and praise God and play flag football with everybody else and, and, and go play some basketball and, and, and walk down the aisle with his, uh, you know, with his bride one day? No. What's he expecting? What he's always expected. See, your limitations will determine your expectations if you're not careful. 
Your current limitation does not have to define your future expectation. This man was able to receive something that he wasn't even expecting. I love it. I love it when I hear people believing for stuff that God has to get involved in. I said it last week. For some of us, our our expectations and our dreams and our affirmations for life and and what we're looking ahead to don't even require God. That's sad. As a believer and as a Christian, I want God involved. I want God involved. Could you imagine if this man had been sitting by the temple believing to be healed? How silly he would have sounded. How dumb. Are we allowing the current limitations in our lives to set our expectation for the future? I hope not. I hope this year, I hope this is the year that we look past what we're limited to today, what the boundary is today, what the bondage, what what the opposition, what what the oppression looks like around us. I hope that we see beyond that and say, I'm going to get there. And the only way I'm going to get there is by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, because it's sufficient in my weakness. He is strong. He had to say goodbye to some friends. He had to cut off some relationships that would have enabled him to, oh, I'll help you. So sometimes where you want to go, you can't take everybody with you. He's got a group of friends, great friends. They got him to the place. But they couldn't get him past it. He needed a Peter and John. He needed a Peter and John to stretch out their hand and say, I don't have what you're looking for, but I've got something even better. I got something you're not even expecting. I got something that's beyond your limitation in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because sometimes our limitations require miracles, Abraham. Abraham had a limitation that required a miracle. What miracle are you believing for? What miracle? Man, it's going to be a miracle if I'm able to buy that. It's a miracle if we make it through this. It might be in your marriage. You might, you might be saying, well, you know, I'm just not a loving person. It's, not, it's, just, you know, it's just not my thing. I'm a man. My wife wants me to hold her hand when we're going through the mall. and I just, you know, It's just not my thing. How do you know? What are, what are the limitations that we have imposed on ourselves? I'm not a people person. You know, there are some things in life that we've put on ourselves that for a believer, it should be against our nature that's new within us. You have a new nature inside of you that makes you a people person. You have a new nature on the inside that makes you a social butterfly. You have a nature on the inside that can make you joyful when everybody else is angry. You've got a nature on the inside of you that can help you walk in love when you feel like responding in anger. You've got a new nature on the inside of you. Quit holding on to fleshly limitations when the Spirit of God has empowered you and quickened you. He says it will even renew your mortal bodies. You'll respond different. You'll talk different. You'll even look different. See, that's what the anointing is all about. That's not a churchy term. It's not a religious term. The anointing was God's power coming upon somebody to help them do something that they were not naturally able to do. 
You go into the Old Testament, the kings had to be anointed to fulfill that position. You want to be a king of that country? Fine, so be it. You can do that. But you want to be a king of Israel? You're going to come here before the prophet, and you're going to get anointing on your head that's going to run all the way down to your feet, and we're going to anoint you to empower you spiritually to do something naturally you couldn't do. This stuff requires anointing. Every Sunday morning, I pray over every single person that's serving. And I pray that they will operate under the anointing. Did you know you need to be anointed to greet? Did you know you need to be anointed to work with kids? Okay, yep. Hit it. Got some amens there. And I pray that. You don't need to just be anointed to preach or to sing or hold a mic or, or strum an instrument. You need to be anointed to move controls back there. You need to be anointed to flow with the Spirit. You need to be anointed. I've literally seen the anointing come off of ministers and they even look completely different. There are individuals today, pastors and ministers, that have been doing this stuff for 60 plus years, running in their 80s, and you wouldn't even know it because of the anointing. It's the anointing. What's that? My strength in your weakness. And they'll tell you, if it wasn't for the anointing, I couldn't be up here. If it wasn't for the anointing, we need some anointing to do what God... You you need to be anointed to go to your job? Yeah, you need to be anointed to go to your school. You need to be anointed to teach in your school. That means that The people on the receiving end are getting something different from you than they're getting from anybody else. And they may laugh at you today. They may may laugh in your face. They may talk behind your back. Did you see that church go? Did you see that Christian? But guess who they're coming to when their life is falling apart? It's happened to me numerous times. Wow, you're one of those church people? Oh, you're a you're a preacher. But you know how many conversations I've had with somebody because last night their wife left and said that they're not coming back. You know how many conversations I've had with an individual, the very same individual that mocked me and made fun of it. And they come to me and said, "Man, went to the doctor this weekend. It's it's not good." the anointing. If you don't have anything different to give away, they won't come to you for anything different. God's raising up a church that's going to be anointed in these last days. It's going to break past some limitations and quit saying, I've never done that or I can't do that or I'll never see this work. I'll never see myself there. I'll never be able to accomplish that. It's time to push past some limitations this year. When limitations are preceded by excuses, they produce regret. When limitations are preceded by excuses, they produce regret. What have we been excusing ourselves out of? What have we been making excuses for in our lives that we now regret 
I don't know, maybe that was last year for you. Maybe there's some regrets. And you can look back throughout the year and say, yep, I made an excuse. Made an excuse. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. Which seem to be the most appropriate excuses for our generation today. Too busy. Too tired. It's just an excuse. It's going to put you in a position of regret when the moment and the opportunity has passed you by. I don't know about you, but I don't want excuses to get me to my regrets this year. I'm going to look at every opposition as an opportunity. I want to do it when it's hard to do it. Let that be your resolve this year. I'm going to I'm going to go to the gym even when it's hard to get to the gym. I'm going to go to church even when it's hard to go to church. If I'm the only one at church, I'm going to be there. If I'm the only one at morning prayer, I'm going to be there. If I'm the only one reading my Bible, I'm going to be. Sometimes, you know, the only thing that keeps us moving is because everybody else is doing our thing. And I said this last week that discipline will get you past where motivation will leave you. If you're only doing something because you feel motivated to do it, that's only going to take you so far. Discipline gets you to the gym when you're no longer motivated to go to the gym. Discipline gets you to church when you're no longer motivated to get to church. And here's the thing, guys, and I'm just going to be real with you. Some of us have motivations in our lives that have replaced God. What do I mean by that? Some of us will give more sacrifice for a paycheck than we will for our own creator, our own king, our own father. The dollar tells them when to get up in the morning. The dollar tells them when they call somebody and say, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm going to be out. You call your work for those kind of things because you know that they have the potential of firing you and you losing your paycheck. But what, what about when it's a volunteer thing? What, is it, what about when it's a church thing? You'll study something for work so you can get a promotion and get more money. But we won't study the word that can promote you in life and get you more favor. Yeah, this is deep. But this is the stuff that changes lives. This is the stuff that impacts us for what's real and for what's eternal. Try standing up there before Jesus and saying, well, I got the promotion. No, it's more real than that. This is, this is real stuff. I committed myself, and not just because I'm a pastor and not because I wanted to be a pastor. I committed myself that a job and a paycheck would never get more out of me than my church. If I would call my job to let them know something, I will call the church to let them know too. If I would do it for a paycheck, I will do it for God. Period. I'll do it for a neighbor. And I'll do it when I feel like it. And I'll do it when I don't feel like it. And I'll get my attitude right so I do feel like it. So I can receive the full blessing. That's what this year is going to be full of. 
This year is going to be full of embracing limitations. Those limitations that are already imposed on me that I can't change. I can't do anything about it. I can't do anything about what they're doing to me. I can't do anything about my current situation. I can't do anything about my past. It's in the past. But where I'm weak, I'm going to rely on some strength. I'm going to rely on some encouragement. I'm going to find the right relationships, right people, right environment that's going to get me to where I'm going. And if I'm not there, I'm going to change my environment. I'm going to change the culture around me. But then what are those limitations that I've put on myself? What are those labels I've given myself that I'm saying I'm no longer going to label myself? If this is designed for me to push past it, then I'll do it. And if I can't push past it, I won't be because I didn't try to push past it. We're going to push past some stuff this year because progress confronts limitation. Progress confronts limitation. Chase, if you come up. I love that God has honored his word not only by giving it to us, but by doing it himself. Because God doesn't see limitation. God doesn't see opposition. Could you imagine if God had the same attitude that we have a lot of times when Adam and Eve sinned in that garden? Could you imagine the limitation he could feel and sense? That now the very thing that I created to look like me, respond like me, act like me, talk like me, function like me, to rule the earth as I rule heaven has now handed over the very authority that I gave to them to the devil. And now the very thing that I hate is existing inside of the very thing that I love. The one thing that I wanted them to stay away from, the one thing that I wanted them to, to, to stay away from, I gave them one, one command. And he dealt with it, guys. We talk about a gracious God and we talk about a merciful God, but you realize that his son and his flesh and his creation blew it one time and he kicked them out of the garden. One time. Not a slap on the wrist, not allowed to give you a second chance. You blew it, you're done. That's it. We think about what man was up against, but think about what God was up against because this was his plan all along. This was his purpose that was on the line. And it got a dilemma because I gave man all the authority in the earth anyways. The only one that can save man is man himself. But the only one that can't save man is man because he's full of sin. So how am I going to get myself in the flesh, in the earth. And he saw opposition as an opportunity. And right there in Genesis chapter 3, he speaks to the serpent. He says, oh, the woman, you bru- you'll bruise his heel. But he will crush your head. He saw the opportunity. He saw limitation and he said, I'll push past limitation." It would be easy for me to take man and bring him back home. But no, my plan and my purpose exceeds limitation. 
it exceeds. Here's my expectation. That man and woman would rule on the earth once again and have my spirit residing within them so that they could call the shots and they could put the domain of darkness under their feet. And so he made a way and he sent his son. He sent his son. And they killed Jesus. Made a mockery of him. How would you like it if you went to work and you said, I got a plan. And everybody mocks your plan. And a bullet just destroys your plan and, and, and in front of everybody. Stick with that plan. Why? Because God had an expectation that exceeded his limitation. What expectation do you have this year that exceeds your limitation for your life? What, what comfort zone have you set yourself in that you're going to surpass so you can recognize your capability beyond your capacity? What is it this year? What is it that you're going to charge yourself to, to do? And you're going to say, I'm going to do it when it's hard. I'm not just going to do it when it's easy. I'm not just going to do it when everybody else is doing it with me. I'm not just going to do it when it, it seems like everything's going my way. What is it that you're going to stick to this year? based on expectation rather than limitation. Father, I thank you this year that you are, you're speaking to us right now, even in this room. You're speaking to us. You're charging us. You're showing those things that we have cut ourselves off of, those things that that we said we could never do, those things that we thought we could never have. And you're showing us that you will bring it to pass. You will restore that marriage. You will restore those finances. You will change that job situation. You will change that heart that seems like like it's just hard as rock, but you will make it multiple and pliable for the kingdom of God. You will bring that child home. You will restore that mental capacity. We've been speaking social and mental issues over our lives. Well, I just have a mental disorder. I just have a mental anxiety. I'm just always anxious. I'm just always worried. Those things we are no longer speaking anymore in the name of Jesus. We speak the expectation. We speak the expectation over our kids. No longer will we allow a doctor to define what is wrong with our kids. We allow the word to define what is wrong and make it right in the name of Jesus. This year we rely on your strength and our weakness. This year, this year we rely, just like Zacharias said, it's not by might, it is not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. This year we'll rely on the spirit. This year we'll rely on the power of God. This year we'll rely on kingdom influence. Father, I thank you as we declare these things over our lives, as we begin to see the limitation and make it conform to our expectation, we'll push past. You'll give us the strength. You'll give us the grace. It will renew us. It'll strengthen us and equip us on the inside. It'll give life and strength even to our mortal bodies. We'll feel encouraged. We'll feel strengthened. And just as in Acts chapter 3, you will receive all the glory. You will receive all the praise. People will be amazed 
at what they see in our lives. People will be amazed at what they see produced through us. No longer will we let excuses ruin our lives and run our lives and control what takes place. No longer we push beyond our limitations into our expectations so we can see the goodness of the Lord in our lives. We give you the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ushers, if you would go ahead and come. If you need an offering envelope, just raise your hand real high. Our ushers will be quick to get one to you. Amen. We appreciate your giving, your sowing, participating financially in all that God is doing. Hallelujah. If you're making out a check, you can make it payable to AFC or Anchor Faith Church. Glory to God. We're believing for another great year. Every need met. Every bill paid on time. Every project. uh, Money received. Everything that God has for us as we begin to endeavor into advancement. We just thank God that it's all there in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Same for you. Many of you may have financial goals. Many of you may have financial limitations or expectations. I encourage you to get the word hooked up to your giving. Faith is not just an action. It's also in what you say. What are you declaring? What are you declaring over your life? What are the words you're speaking? We talked about that on, on Wednesday. That if you're going to progress this year, you're going to have to start talking different. You're going to have to say it the way you want to see it rather than saying what you already see. Amen. Because what you say is what you'll see. I believe this is the year that we declare some new things for the kingdom of God. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time to give and to sow. Father, we thank you that we can participate in this way. Because we know that you are the Lord. You are our provider. You've given us everything that we need. Everything that we have comes from you. Father, you know every need in this room before we even ask. But, Father, we open our mouths declaring by faith that those needs are met. And we give and participate financially by faith, knowing that as we give, it comes back to us. As we sow, we can reap a harvest from that. And we give you the glory and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Got a few announcements for you. As the ushers are moving. Uh, number one, uh, glad to have all of our college students back. We are kicking back up uh, with our young adult meetup. So the third Thursday of this month, the 19th at 7 p.m., we're going to be at Chase and Elizabeth's house. They're going to have some devotion, have some fellowship, have some food, have some fun. Amen. We're going to do it all. So make sure you mark down that date, the 19th of January, a Thursday night, 7 p.m., it's going to be a great time of hanging out, a great time of encouragement. Also, for our mom squad group, if you are a stay-at-home mom, you've got uh, kids at home, uh, we're doing some awesome things, awesome new initiatives this year. And one of those 